The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we're coming to you live from my house and from Traven's house and from our guest's house. Uh, that's what we're doing. Yes, still. Uh, thrilled to be here with you guys. I hope everybody had a lovely Mother's Day. I just want to give a shout out. I know for a lot of people, it's a hard day. Um, and I like to be really sensitive to that because I've had my share of hard Mother's Days, right? Where you couldn't be with your mom or your mom has passed, or people, I remember when I wanted to be a mom and it was not working out and how hard and poignant Mother's Day is. And of course this year, more than ever, devastating to me, I have friends who have lost their children. And to be a mother on Mother's Day without your child, I can't, can't even, can't even imagine. Uh, so sending love to everybody. I hope that everybody had as best of a Mother's Day as you can and that you found a way to celebrate because we all have a mother whether our mother is here or not. Um, and I feel horrible because last Wednesday was Nurses Day and we wanted to give a particular shout out to nurses yesterday. And there was one nurse in particular, Traven, that I was supposed to give a shout out to. And then we had all kinds of technical issues and everything went right down the toilet. And of course I wrote down, uh, but Traven's mom is a nurse and she is continuing to work through this COVID emergency and I want nothing more than, but I wrote down her name, but I don't know where it is. So there we go. I'm, I'm going to find out what her name is before the end of this show. Traven's going to tell me and we're going to give a big shout out to his mom because uh, what a, what an incredible young man and uh, professional he is. We love working with him and he's made it possible for us to keep coming to you. Um, Alicia Hendricks. Thank you, Traven. Alicia Hendricks. We just want to salute you. We're late. We're really late. We were supposed to salute you last Wednesday for Nurses Day, but we salute you for Nurses Day and we salute you for Mother's Day. Thank you for uh, raising such a wonderful young man. Uh, we thoroughly enjoy working with him. So, um, but giving a shout out to all of our moms out there and hoping everybody as well. Thank you for telling me, Draven, because I, I wasn't on my sheet here. I don't know where that sheet went. In any case, uh, we're going to be here with you, here with you uh, live for the next hour. And uh, we have ground that we want to cover. And I think you're going to be really excited for our guest today because across the board, you guys have been asking questions and, you know, we sort of keep track of like what the general direction of the questions go. And you guys have had questions about education and how we make this distance learning thing work and with kids on the spectrum. So uh, I've got a guest today. Who's, who's got some information for you for that. So woohoo! we don't have Bonnie Yates today. Normally on Mondays we have Bonnie Yates, but we don't have Bonnie Yates today because 
Uh, I'm going to be unveiling a little bit later on today, but I'm going to tell you guys because it's a secret. Uh, we're going to do a special town hall on Thursday night, this coming Thursday. And it will, our special guest will be Bonnie Yates, special education attorney. And she's going to be talking about the state of the state of special education. That's going to be on Thursday. And I'm going to have more information about how you can log into that special webinar uh, that I'll be sending out to you guys if you are subscribed. If you are not subscribed, uh, please take a moment to do that. And so the way you do that is when you are on our homepage, autism-live.com, uh, if you go there, first of all, it's great to just tootle around and see all the things that we've taken the time to put in place for you. But within like, I don't know, six seconds of when you get on there, uh, a pop-up box, box will show up and it'll go, hey, would you like to subscribe? I know those things are annoying. They're like flies. You want to swat them away. And you can. And if you want to, feel free to do that. But if you don't want to, uh, you know, click subscribe and then you're on our list to hear when we're doing stuff and how to get on. And I think we're going to be doing more town halls. So I uh, hope that you will take the time to subscribe. By the way, we love it when you like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. That's what keeps the lights on here, folks. So, and you know, <laughs> we live in interesting times. So if you want to do, it's free. If you want to do something nice for us, there's a whole bunch of things you can do. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can leave a review for us on iTunes. Boy, that really helps us out. So uh, thrilled. There are lots of ways you can connect with us, by the way. Thank you, Traven. Uh, you can connect with us. Uh, we're live right now on Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, and our homepage. Uh, did I say Facebook? Uh, but our homepage is autism-live.com. You can watch us live on any one of those places. If you want to watch us after the fact, you still can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, and our homepage. But additionally, we podcast to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Deezer, and um, more places to come. And by the way, if you have places that you like to watch your podcast and you're like, Shannon, you are not there, it is only because you have not told me. I'm putting it right back on you. If you tell me, we'll get it, we'll get it up there. Uh, we like to be free in all the places that we are because we don't want to incur any extra out-of-pocket cash for you. Um, we do feature things on the show that are out-of-pocket cash. I'm just going to be honest about that. But uh, we try to come to you with what we have to offer free. And why do we do that? Uh, which segues very nicely into my next thing that we have a lot of experts that are here on the show, but I'm not one of them. In fact, my deal is that, um, you know, I, I did a lot of things. I have a master's degree in theater. I was an actress. I was a, a stand-up comedian. Uh, I was a teacher. I taught college theater. And then for a brief period of time, I went back and taught uh, high school English. Um, so teaching is very important to me and the arts are really important to me. But I did not plan on um, landing in the, the land of autism. Let's just be 100% clear about that. I had friends who had kids on the spectrum and I was trying to be supportive, uh, although looking back, I wish I'd known different things now. Uh, but then I had a child and my child was diagnosed with autism and I was recruited. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying to you? I was recruited and, um, you know, I wasn't always a good recruit, uh, but I try. And at one point I did um, make a deal on my bedroom floor when I was rocking and praying to everything that I hold true and saying, please don't let me mess this up as a mom. Please don't let me be the mom that missed out because I didn't know, I don't know what to do. Please help me. And I promise if you help me, I will turn around 
and I will help whoever I can. So I'm here. I'm here because my kid got help. My kid got help and he is so awesome. It is beyond belief how awesome he is. So I have a debt to pay down and I'm ready for it, right? You know, we've been here for almost nine years now. Um, so I'm, when I say I'm going to pay my debt, I'm serious, right? I'm going to put in how much time I have to put in. And can I just say what a joy it is too, um, that it's just a, a wonderful thing for me to get to be here with you. And I want to help you, but you cannot mistake me for one of the experts. That's all I ask. Um, you know, I, I have an informed opinion because, but even before this, I was hosting a radio show called Everyday Autism Miracles. So I have an informed opinion, but I'm not an expert. And we just have to be abundantly clear about that. But I will be your cheerleader. I will sit here and tell you that you're doing an amazing job. And I will help you, if I can, to find if you're looking for something. So um, put me to work. Tell me what it is you're looking for. Don't expect me to be a mind reader because that is not on my resume, right? Uh, but I'm here and I care. That's very much on my resume. You know what I always say? We can do this together, right? We hold hands virtually, right? Si se puede. And we can, we can do this. We, we've got this, but we have to do it together. You cannot, you cannot do this by yourself. I, I have to learn that on a daily basis. I forget too. I think, you know, oh, I can do that. And then I get my, my freaking cape caught in the fan, you know, like Edna Moles on The Incredibles. No capes. We don't get to be superheroes, um, but we can be amazing individuals. And hey, when I say you, I'm talking to all of you. This show is for the greater autism community. We, of course, start with individuals who are on the autism spectrum themselves, of course, right? Um, it would be crazy not to, but then we include everyone who loves those individuals in our, in our community. Um, absolutely. Uh, because even though we all have different needs, different tastes, different concerns, different ideas, different beliefs, I think that there is the one thing that the greater autism community is in agreement about, and that is that we love individuals from the autism spectrum, and we want to see them treated with respect and dignity, and that, and that means giving them the resources that help them to do what's important to them in their lives, including uh, be independent when they want to, and to work, to work. Um, because as my friend Joanne Laura says, everybody deserves a seat at the table, right? All right, uh, so we've got a great show for you today and we like to start out the show whenever possible. We went a little jargon light last week because we were like, oh, we need some more time for interviews, but I missed it. Did you miss it? I missed it. So <laughs> we wanna start with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. And this is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani, are the experts talking about? What does it have to do with us? And can this term, if we learn it, can it save us five minutes and $5, right? That's sort of my litmus test for it. Should we bother? If it can save us five minutes, $5, you betcha. And I guarantee you, the jargon terms that we pick are way more than five minutes and $5 if you learn and implement them properly. Uh, and today's term, yeah, uh, if you learn and understand how this puppy works, it's going to save you a lot of time and money. So our term today is IEP because it's all about the letters, right? <laughs> let's go to alphabet land. All right. So uh, Traven, let's take a look at what does I, the actual definition of an IEP, like what do those letters mean? An IEP is an individualized education 
program. Sometimes in some states, people say individualized education plan. But with a lot of these things, the thing that's you know interesting for me is like, what's the most important word there? Uh, we're going to talk about that. So an IEP is a federally mandated legal document that details education goals for a specific child or individual within the special education scope. All right. Well, you know, we can kind of get our arms around that one, right? It's not the worst definition that goes, right? But let's take a look at our working definition to see if we can't filter out what's the most important part of this. So an IEP is a written plan to educate a child or an individual with special needs that must be followed. Okay, so it's a document, right? But people talk about having an IEP meeting. That's when everybody sits down to talk about what goes into this written document. It's a legal document. It's legally binding. Think of it as a contract between the family, uh, because a lot of times the individual needs uh, people to advocates to speak up for them. So usually that's their caregivers, right? Although you can bring advocates, autism advocates, you can bring legal advocates, you can bring a lawyer, uh, you're, cause this is a legal schmeagle, right? Um, but it is the plan that's going to be followed for pretty much the next calendar school year. And <clears throat> it details pretty much everything. Um, but an IEP is going to detail what interventions we're going to use, uh, who's going to deliver them, how we're going to measure if it's working, how what benchmarks we're trying to get to uh, in terms of goals. It's going to list the goals and it's going to say who's responsible for the goals. It's going to detail in great, great detail uh, what money the school is going to have to spend in order to get these services. You're not going to see any dollar amounts on the piece of paper, but you will see on the services page, you'll see things like, you know, uh, this student will receive X number of minutes of speech for the entire year, right? Um, so the services page is really important. The goals pages are really important, but the front page is really important too. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow because on the front page, it says what's attached to this because this thing is your boat. This is the boat you're going to live on for the next school year. And any, you know, imagine if you were going to leave in a boat to go, you know, across the ocean. And you don't want to get out into the ocean in the middle of the ocean and go, oh no, we forgot to pack, <laughs> you know, the vegetables, right? You'd be like, crud, because we can't go back. We're in the middle, right? So you either got to make do or, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but you're going to have a problem if you forgot to pack the vegetables. So uh, you might hit an island where you can stop and pick something up, right? That's a distinct possibility. But what if you don't? So the thing with an IEP is that you make this plan and everybody agrees to it and says, here's what we're going to pack in the boat for the school year. Um, if you find yourself in the middle of the school year, though, and you go, oh, we didn't pack the vegetables, you have to ask for an emergency IEP meeting uh, and say, we forgot to pack the vegetables. Depending on you know, the people you're working with, this might be no big deal or it could be a huge big deal. So I got to tell you though, that the boat ride goes best when you pack the right things in it to start, right? Because then you don't have to worry 
And then it's smooth sailing. We all are going through this uh, this COVID thing, and I bet you anything that uh, all of us are going, oh, there was something I wished I'd done before this shutdown, right? Or here's the first thing that I'll do once the shutdown is over, uh, because we didn't pack whatever it was for this period of time. We didn't know this was coming. So uh, in any case, it's so important that we get all the things that we want into this IEP. Now, you know, sometimes stuff happens and COVID happened and we're experiencing a really difficult time. And I wanna point out that that document is legal, legal, which means that they have to follow it. So one of the things that Bonnie Yates is gonna be talking about with us on Thursday is that a lot of people's IEPs are way out of compliance. When you aren't getting the services that were uh, outlined in the signed IEP, that's out of compliance and it's actionable legally. Uh, we don't know exactly what's gonna happen uh, because a lot of IEPs are out of compliance. Um, normally the schools would offer summer school to make up for it. We don't think that's on the table. We don't know, right? So we're gonna be talking about this but it's important to understand because a lot of you are doing your IEPs right now. This is IEP season. We're right at the tail end of IEP season. And it's super important that you guys get what you legally are entitled to into the, the person that you love's IEP, right? Uh, whether that's you or somebody else, but it's important that we get that stuff in and COVID or no COVID, if we're having the meet, meeting, the stuff can be put in there. We're, I'm a little bit concerned that people are telling me that they're uh, saying, oh, we'll, we'll wait till the fall to see if we're going to put those services in. Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't work that way. Your child didn't decide to not have autism because there was a COVID emergency. That's not how it works. And there is no thing in IDEA that says, and if it's difficult for the school, they just don't have to do it. Mm -mm, that's not what it says. So uh, we want to be rational right? And we got to be a little bit go with the flow, but not throw the whole thing out the window, right? So IP, really important right now. Okay, let's move on to our question of the day. And we're going to be talking about more of that today too. So our question today is how is distance learning going for, for you? Now, a lot of you have already written into me and said, this is horrible. In fact, I can only think of one parent who was like, you know what, this is great. And my child is happier and they're learning more and it's just working great. It turns out that they're better at distance learning than being in the classroom. Uh, I've heard that from one parent and I've heard from thousands of you who are like, this is my walking, waking nightmare. Uh, and if that is you, I'm glad you're here because we've got an expert today who's going to talk about that. He's got a three um, webinar series coming up um, talking about how to make this better. But I want to know first, how's it going for you guys? All right, moving on to our topic of the day, topic of the week. Uh, it's learning how to learn. And I think this is one of the things that's greatly overlooked, right? I was talking with a friend uh, last night who's getting ready to teach a class. And it's not a class that's, um, I, I'm sure that there will be people in, in the class that are somewhere on the spectrum, but it's not a class designed for people on the spectrum, right? Um, and she was saying, you know, really my goal in teaching this group of people, uh, she said, I know the parents are going to be all like, well, when they finish, they have to have learned this. And she said, because what I'm teaching 
is such an open-ended thing. What I want to do is teach them how to learn to do this for themselves. And I thought, ah, what a great teacher, right? Uh, if all teachers just thought of this way, because she said the class will end. And I, I not only want to you know, pack their backpack full of the things that I want to teach them, but I also want to teach them how to research and be able to know how to do this down the road, because I can't possibly teach everything that I got to teach in this, this one moment in time. So it's more important to me that they learn how to learn these things on their own. And I thought, wow, you know, isn't that, that's the hallmark of a great teacher. Um, it's that, that adage about if you give a man a fish, you fed him for a day, but if you teach a man to fish, you fed him for his whole life. And we want to teach our kids to fish. We want them to know how to learn so that they can be the little sponges that we know that they can be when they're taught the right things. So learning to learn, super important to me as an educator. Okay, so on the show today, we've got a really uh, lovely guest who's joining us, and this is not his first time on the show. Uh, but Dr. William Lane is here with us, and he's an international speaker and author. And um, he's going to be talking with us specifically about distance learning and how we can set ourselves up and set up our kiddos for success. Uh, so I'm really excited to be talking with him. And I think that he is already here with us. Traven, if he is, can you uh, hook him up so that he can tell us he's got three particular, I don't know whether they're calling them webinars or seminars. I don't know what the difference is anymore. <laughs> but uh, excited to talk with him about when these are and what they are and get that information to you guys. Uh, is he with us? Is he joining us? We will see. Um, I might have told him later. That's okay. I wanted to take a, while we're waiting for him, because uh, I think I might have told him later, because I don't know what I was thinking. At this point in the game, does anybody know what it is that they're thinking? Uh, I wanted to take just a couple of seconds to um, talk about the fact that we're going to hit education a little bit hard this week. Um, because I've been listening to you guys and I, I hear that that is what the anxiety is about. That, um, and from a lot of different directions too. Some of you are worried about the fact that you're, you don't want your children to regress. Uh, some of you are worried about the fact that your child is already behind and now this is gonna make them more behind. Um, some of you are concerned just from the legal standpoint of grades and what this is gonna mean for your child in terms of being promoted and getting on to the next grade, right? Some of you are concerned because you have to go back to work and there is no school for your child to go to. And that's, you know, it's like, you know, you didn't think you needed daycare at this point, but here you are and you need to go back to work and there's no place to put your child, right? Um, so there's a lot of different considerations with people being concerned about a lot of different things. And I'd like to take as many of them off the plate for you as possible and put some tools where the anxiety was. Uh, so it's not a one size fits all. So that's why this week we're gonna be talking with a lot of different people. Tomorrow on the show, we have Sally Burton Hoyle and she's gonna talk with us very specifically about the transition from high school to college. Uh, because some of you have written in and said that you have kiddos that are high school seniors this year. I know my son is a junior about to be a senior and there's a little bit of that shallow breathing, you know, chest constriction about <laughs> like, um, I thought we had uh, 14, 15 months uh, where school was going to be all doing all these things to finish getting him ready for college. And now I'm like, oh, I, I don't think they're going to be doing as much as I thought they were going to be doing. Right. 
Uh, and some of you don't even have the, the 14, 15 months at this point. So uh, Sally Burton Hoyle is gonna be here with us from Eastern Michigan University tomorrow and talking about a program that they have, but also uh, there's a host of programs that, um, throughout the United States that are helping to prepare the transition and to set our young people up for success on the college campuses. It's talking with her, and by the way, uh, she was recommended to us by Eustacia Cutler. You know, can you get a better recommendation than that? If Eustacia says you gotta have her on the show, you pretty much gotta have her on the show, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and then I talked with her uh, (laughs) and I was like, oh, you know things I don't know. Um, And, you know, she's had an opportunity to see what it takes for a person on the autism spectrum to be successful. And by the way, we're talking about a wide spectrum here of people that I think I would have presumed could go to college and have minimal support. And she's like, is that really the kind thing to do? And uh, we're going to talk with her more about that tomorrow. But, um, and then folks that, you know, maybe five years ago, society would have said, oh, I don't think that person could go to college. And she's telling me how we can set them up for success so that many people can. Maybe not everybody, um, but uh, a lot of people can. Uh, Okay, so I'm saying hello to Christina. How are you? And I am saying hello to Johanny, who says, I survived my son's IEP Friday morning. So glad that's over for now. I even got it recorded. Yay. And she says, thanks, Bonnie. Uh, today is a tough sensory day. Will you have anyone talking about sensory issues? And I will get somebody on here to talk about sensory issues. Um, not today, but, um, you know, I, t- something I would like to bring up is, uh, cause I'm a sensory person and, um, so I'm sensitive to the sensory thing. Um, it, for a lot of you where you are in the world, um, it's spring and, um, I, I just kind of want you to be detectives and start to notice if your kids have a harder sensory time in the spring and in the fall. Just kind of like sit with that for a minute and ask yourself, is that even potentially something that might be true? Um, Because I certainly saw that with my kiddo. And I remember saying it to the doctor. I was like, I feel like it's worse in the spring and in the fall. And the doctor was like, "Mm, I think it's coincidental. When I said it to my behavior team, they were like, well, what's happening in the spring and in the fall, right? And they get into that detective mode. They just like put the glasses on and they're like, well, let's take a look at this. Uh, what, what's new or different that's going on? Now, a lot of times behaviorists only wanna look at things that overtly affect behavior. And a lot of times um, I hear from people at other ABA providers that, you know, they're not willing to talk about what goes on in the inside, like, um, you know, allergies. And um, it wasn't until I said, you know, for me, I have a harder time in the spring and the fall with my sensory issues. I'm dizzier in the spring and in the fall. Um, I find that if I eat things that I'm a little bit allergic to, um, I can eat them in the winter and kind of get away with it. You know what I mean? But in the spring and the fall, I eat something and I don't feel good for like a couple of days and maybe my ears itch or maybe my eyes itch or maybe my skin itches. Right. But that takes up the last bit of desk, uh, disc space that I have so that I can't deal with everything else. So if I'm itchy, 
I'm much more likely to be bothered by noise and go, I can't, I can't handle that. You got to stop making, like, I hate it when people are making noise behind me. If there were anybody in, behind the wall behind me talking right now, I would be losing my mind. I would be like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Right. Um, and I'm verbal and, and I'm over the age of 50 and I've had a lot of practice of verbalizing when I'm having a sensory meltdown. And it's hard because, you know, it feels like you're juggling 38 things at the same time. So I want you to just investigate for five seconds and say, do we tend to have more sensory hard days in the spring and in the fall? And of course, all allergies are not spring and fall activated. Um, so it'd be interesting to sort of track it and go, when do we have more sensory issues? I noticed that my son would become violent every spring when he was little. We eventually got to the point where we cracked the code on it enough, but um, he, especially in the grocery store, um, it gets close to his birthday because his birthday is at the beginning of, of June, which is the, why I, the reason why I noticed um, that that's when it would happen. So uh, we would get through April and always in the month of May, I, I started in last night, I was like, so what do you, what do you want for your birthday, right? Uh, it's in the beginning of June. I got to have time. I got to order something. I got to plan. Right. And uh, when he was little, I, we would go to the grocery store and right around this time of year, I would start to talk to him about, well, you know, we need to figure out what kind of birthday cake we want. Let's look at the birthday cakes. And we would go by the birthday cake cabinet and whether I made a gluten-free cake or whatever, there was always some sort of cake with a character, right? Cause he was a kid. And that's what all of his friends had. So we were going to have something like that. If I didn't make it, somebody else made it. Um, and sometimes we had a cake for everybody else that was super cool and had characters on it that he, we could rinse off and he could have. He had his own cake and they, they ate the gluten eat cake. Um, but he would start to tantrum and I would get punched in the head. And it was always around the birthday cake. So I associated it with the birthday cake, looking at the birthday cakes. And it was easy. I had one behavior person on my team who was like, well, stop looking at the birthday cakes. <laughs> if that's what's triggering it, stop looking at the birthday cakes. But then we discovered that it wasn't just the birthday cakes. It was, you know, he was snaking out. And then we started putting together, it's only this time of year and it doesn't have to do with the birthday cake. And I said, well, I have allergies. Um, and so we just adjusted a couple of things in his diet and we stopped, um, you know, and we worked behaviorally on it as well, that he discovered you don't get what you want when you punch somebody in the head and he hasn't punched me in the head in well over a decade. Yay. Cause I don't like to be punched in the head. I don't know about the rest of you. So let me know if that is at all something that, uh, rings true for you. I am concerned now, Traven, do we have uh, Dr. Lane? Because we had him for a second, it seems, and we don't have him now. So um, I don't know what that's about. I'm looking to see if I've gotten any texts. I don't. Um, so, well, we'll just continue on. And if you guys have questions in the meantime, uh, please feel free to write in. I'm going to send Traven an email right now. Um, oh my. Uh, just dead space here. I would like to talk with you guys more about the education thing and know what it is. What are your concerns right now? Uh, what What's the thing that's the hardest for you? Because maybe that's something that um, 
that we can help with today. So um, write in and tell us right now. I am looking. I have no idea. I can't talk and uh, type at the same time, you guys. So um, <laughs> this is so awkward. Uh, here we go. I'm sending to you, Traven, and then I can go back to focusing on being here with you guys. Okay, so um, I'm glad that you wrote in and said that uh, you recorded your IEP meeting. I know a lot of people that might be him. I know a lot of people are concerned about recording the IEP meeting because they think they're going to be vilified. That people are going to go, oh, they're difficult. And I'm going to just say to all of you, please be that level of difficult. Um, you have the legal right to it and things get said in an IEP meeting, um, that later on somebody will say to me, you'll never guess what they said at the IEP meeting. And they'll say something absolutely preposterous. Right. And I go, oh my gosh, did you record that? And they always go, no, I, you know, I was going to, and then I didn't. And it's a choice. I mean, it is your choice. But, but I will tell you that um, usually if you record the meeting, people don't say the really redonkulous things that they say um, when you do record. Um, occasionally they do, and when they do, you got them, right? Um, I can't say too much legally, but I have recorded a few IEP meetings that have made the difference. That I was able to go back and go, let's look at minute 45, 45 minutes and 32 seconds in, shall we? Where so-and-so said this. What are we going to do about that? And then suddenly everything that my son needed, which by the way, was not craziness. I only ever asked for what was reasonable and right. I, I, I tried really hard uh, to make sure that I didn't ask for pie in the sky things, right? Just what, what he deserved legally, what was, what was supposed to happen. But it got, the, you know how they say grease in the skids? It got infinitely easier. Um, so uh, it was great to, uh, to be able to do that. Okay, so um, I understand that Dr. Lane is with us, um, that he is able to hear us, but that his camera hasn't started yet. Are we able to hear him though, Traven? We'll see. Um, and if not, let me say this, because we are, time is a, time is a moving on. Uh, that Dr. Lane has uh, a series that's coming up. Um, three, oh, oh, I'm seeing something. Something's happening. Uh, are we able to hear him now? Dr. Lane, are you with us? There he is. Yay. Now we just have to be able to hear you. Can you say something for us? And is you Testing. Testing. Yay. One. It's so exciting when it works. Technology is so much fun. Uh, Dr. Lane, how are you? Oh, now we don't have you again. What did you do that we had you and now we lost the sound? Do I take these out? Is this better? Uh, well, I can hear you now, so that is better. Are you able to hear me now? Yes. Okay, well then let's go with that. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit, the sound is a little bit different than your lips, but hey, you know, I, we're gonna go with it. Uh, Dr. Lane, we're thrilled to have you back with us. Tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Are you able to hear me again? I got you now. Sorry. I don't know what happened. Okay. Thank you. Now, okay. So tell the folks at home a little bit about you and what you do. Uh, I was a school teacher and then I was a school administrator and now I'm a special education consultant. I've been doing that for about the last five years. Uh, I've recently come out with uh, a book 
and I was the number one bestseller. And uh, now I've written a three-part series to help parents become the teachers in place of the students going to school where, where they need the help. Yeah, this, this is a very difficult time for parents. And I got to tell you, the number one concern that parents have been writing in about is how to do this distance learning, because uh, it's not working for a lot of them. And some of them are like, I don't know if it's working. I don't know how I can do this better. You've got this three-part series that's coming up. Tell us about it. All right. Well, it, it starts this Friday, um, May 15th. And the first part is called setting, uh, sorry, structuring the setting. Okay. And the acronym I use to, I'm going to kind of use through the theme of the presentation is A-C-C-T. So it's going to be okay. ACT, but it's going to have two C's in it. Okay. The second presentation is on Tuesday, May 19th, which um, is called Preparing to Learn. And the acronym for that is M-C-C-T. So if we if we want to know what these letters are, we got to tune in, huh? Yes, and then, you do. I'm, I'm, I'm not spilling the beans right now. I I'm, I'm holding I one of those as close to, to my vest as I can. Okay. Uh, and then the third, in this anybody. Series, <laughs> the third in this series uh, is checking for understanding, right? Yes, it is. Super important. And when is that one? That is Friday the 22nd at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're all 4 o'clock on Eastern Standard Time. And the acronym for that is an easy one. It is CAT, C-A-T. Okay. All right. So now it's like a crossword puzzle. You got us curious. Yes. Um, <laughs> but now, why did you decide to do this series? And why now? What's, what's your motivation here? I think pretty much like what you said before, that I was hearing from a lot of parents. They, they weren't understanding what to do. There was, you know... Like, I don't know how to teach, you know, I've, I've never taught before, but I mean, I, it, it's a shame because parents don't realize that they really were the child's first teacher. You know, yeah. they were the one that taught the, the child how to play peekaboo. They were the one who taught, you know, how to, how to say mommy or daddy or whatever. But, you know, they think, I can't do this, but really they can. They, they did it before. It's, it's just a little different, but they, they have the skills to be a teacher. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that's concerning to me is that a lot of teachers have been expressed that they feel a little out of out of their element here, uh, having to teach, especially special ed, but across the board to teach anybody distance learning. I am shocked, Dr. Lane, about how many teachers are like, hmm. I've never done this before. In this day and age, I thought that everybody had had to do something along this lines, but there, everybody's a little, uh, I feel like the mood is that everybody's trying to get to the end of the school year so that they can regroup. Um, but there's still a month left in a lot of places. There's, there's like education that can be happening. Right. And, and that's what we have to, and that's kind of what the, the series was directed toward was, you know, towards uh, knowledge regression because we started this back in March where the students haven't been to school. So, I mean, if we don't start again until September, that's, you know, seven or eight months that they've not had any educational training at all, any, any you know, opportunity to gain educational knowledge. So that's yeah. one of the reasons why I did the series. And I'm hearing from some parents who are like, well, you know, it's only going to be a couple more weeks. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't need to learn this. And for me, I literally am like pulling my hair out. I'm like, guys, 
I mean, a couple of weeks, we've already been a couple of months, a couple of weeks is everything. And it doesn't look like we're going to get summer extended summer school. So this is going to be all summer. And some schools are saying, we don't know if we're coming back full time in the fall. So I think they got to learn this now. Am I alone in this? No, not at all. I totally agree, Shannon. I mean, I, I think the problem is that, you know, we, we kept thinking, okay, it's only going to be a temporary thing. It'll go away in a while. And now it's like, you know, there's like, four, I, I know of at least 43 states, I'm pretty sure it's at least 43 that have said, we're not going back until, you know, September. And yeah. uh, not, now, like you said, some are saying, well, we're not even sure about September. So now we've got the issue of, okay, do, do students go every other day? Do they go like for a week and then they have off a week? It, it, nobody knows. And it, it's, 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 it's shocking, you know, that we haven't prepared for this. Yeah. And, and I really want to say to parents, you got to learn this, the sooner the better, right? So oh, yes. what do we need to know about your series? How do we, how do we get to be a part of it? Is there a cost? Do we have to, you know, RSVP? What do we have to do? Okay. It, it's a free three part series. I'll say that quickly a couple of times, you know, it'll really, but three part series. Yes. So, but, uh, but did you say it's free or did you say it's th the number three? It's free, three. <laughs> so, so it's three, both three. of them. Yes, it's right. So free both, both and of those words are yes. Uh -huh. Okay. So, uh, okay. It's both. Okay. We both, like both free. Free it, is it good. Is free. There's no registration fee. They just have to register. Um, if they go to my website, drwilliamlane.com. So, so uh, dr as in doctor. Dr. dr. William Lane. Lane.com. And there'll be a, a link to the um, sign in. So that, that's, they should be able to go right there and, and find it. And there's also going to be a recording. So if they can't make it, they'll be able to get a, a, like a delayed tape on the recordings of the sessions. So if they say, well, I can't make it on Friday or Tuesday or Friday, four o'clock doesn't work for me. All they have to do is register and they'll still get, you know, the tape. Okay. And then how, did I see that they're a half hour long? They are 30 minutes long. I'll probably speak for about 20 minutes and then probably answer questions or, you know, just do it, you know, I can to help the parents. Well, we absolutely love that. So again, the first one is, uh, and this is all about at-home learning. The first one is structuring the setting. Second one is preparing to learn. And the third one is checking for understanding. And what I love about this, Dr. Lane, is that so often those are the three parts that we as parents don't pay attention to. Because for us, we're, and I, even as I was looking at it, I was like, I know parents are going to be like, well, where's the part where I teach? You tell me how to teach, right? But half of the game is what you're doing beforehand to set the stage and checking, did it work? Yeah, that's it. It's like, you know, I mean, the, the teachers have sent them materials. And so yes. now all you've got to do is, okay, set the setting and check to make sure that they've got it. I mean, the, the work, the majority of the work for teachers is preparing all that information. Yes. The parents already have it for them. You know, it's, it's here in front of you now. How do I set this setting and how do I make sure that my child has understood what I've taught them or gone over the worksheet explained to them. Wonderful, wonderful. So tell us about your book and then we'll come back to the, the series, but tell us about your book since we have you here. <laughs> back in September of 18, I wrote a book. It's called Stop Being Invisible. Uh, it was the number one bestseller on Amazon and it works for 
particularly students who are on the autism spectrum who have a little bit of communication skills. It's how to be a better communicator, you know, asking open-ended questions, uh, just looking at the speaker, you know, nodding that, that you agree, that, that the stuff that you see other people doing. And it's very, what I call it's a very simple read. Each chapter is three pages long, three or four pages long. And then at the end is what's called an opportunity section. So what did I learn? How can I apply it? And then you reflect on whether it worked or not. So if you read the chapter and you put it into practice and it doesn't work, all right, well, let me reread the chapter again, see what I missed. Maybe there was something that I can practice again and see if it works better for me. And then you just move on to the next chapter. If you already know how to do that part, you know, this chapter, you can just skip that chapter and move right on. But you can write right in the book. It's a textbook and workbook. As a former teacher, I know that people don't, students don't always bring both their textbook and their workbook. So I put them all together in the same book. Yeah. So, Why is this important to you? Why did you find yourself in this arena? I have self-diagnosed myself as being somewhere on the spectrum. And I can remember hearing from my, my mom all the time saying, there goes Billy to be off by himself. I... I probably had less friends than you could count on one hand in school. Um, I would go to events and I would be the one that would stand up against the, the wall and not talk to anybody. And I would eat lunch by myself at, at the school cafeteria or any of the conferences I went to. And then all of a sudden I realized that, you know, this is one, not the way I want to live my life. And, and two, there has to be a better way. So this is all from personal experiences and things that I did to make myself a better communicator. Yeah. And I'm so sorry that you experienced that strife. Um, but I'm so glad for you that you've taken that, helped yourself, and now said, I'm gonna make sure that I make this available to other people. Thank I think you. that that's a I think that's a huge calling to have in life. And when did you realize, like, you know, so you, you realize okay, there's gotta be a better way, but when did you um, look at it and go, I think this is me. Like, when did you hear about autism and Asperger's and go, I might be somewhere there? I think when I started teaching at the college level and I was teaching uh, the special ed classes, I was teaching wannabe teachers how to deal with students on the spectrum, how to deal with students, you know, just at all kinds of special needs. And I'm like, wow, that sounds a lot like the things I do. And it was like, you know, oh, boom. And it was just like a, almost like a slap on the side of the face, like, Bill, this, this is you. You've got to put out what you're doing. You know, I, I mean, people find it very hard to believe because, you know, literally listening to me, I mean, I'm very comfortable. I was very comfortable in front of my classroom. I was very comfortable in front of the, you know, a large auditorium for students, 500 students, no problem at all. But boy, when, I'm in, when I get into a setting that I was not comfortable in, I went into my little shell and, and nobody even knew I was there. Yeah. I think, you know, Dr. Lane, that, you know, so many people who watch this show, um, who have a lot, you know, overwhelmingly, we have parents watching the show, although we have a large population of individuals who are on the spectrum, and maybe our parents as well. In fact, we have parents who watch the show to learn about their kids and then go, I think that's me. Mm. I think that's me. And some of them take the time to go and get a diagnosis. Others say, you know, I, I think I'm going to look at this and say, I'm, I'm going to treat myself as if and learn the things that I need to learn 
um, and not so much worry about the label, um, that it isn't necessary for them to get the label. We talk about on the show that, you know, really the only thing that the label does for our kids is give them funding. And that other than that, it's really not that useful, the, mm -hmm. the label, right? Um, so you have not felt that you needed to actually go and, and get, get anything other than what you know yourself. You didn't feel the need to go and get a formal diagnosis. I, I did go one place to get a formal diagnosis and, and because I think I was like too far into my correction stage, the guy yeah. looked at me and said, you don't belong here, just you're, you're wasting both of our times. So, you know, it, I, it, I guess I didn't realize it. And then when I did realize it, I started changing so quickly and it was like, I've got to get this, I've got to change my life. I've got to help change other people's lives. Yeah. But it was like, um, I, I was just so, advanced and, and moving forward that, you know, the, the, the doctor looked at me and like, no, you're, you know, we don't even need to talk. So. One of the, one of the things that I think is, um, you know, something we need to work on is the fact that the current diagnosis of autism is a disability and, um, and it is very strict and it says you must have these things to the point where it interrupts your life from functioning. If your life functions, mm -hmm. then you don't qualify for a diagnosis of the disability. And I want us to get to the point that at some point we can say, well, there is autism spectrum, not disorder. There's just autism spectrum for individuals who aren't, aren't experiencing a disabling effect from it, because I see this all the time in my life people who have found that they had a deficit of something, figured out how the workaround or how to do the thing that they have the deficit in, their brain still works in a totally different way, but they are not disabled. Would you count mm -hmm. yourself in that category? Yes, I would. I, I think I limited, I was limited with a lot of the things I was able to do, but I, I kind of found a way around it. I mean, when I decided to, you know, to change myself, I, I became like a politician at like, family events. I'd go around and I made sure that I said hi or talked to everybody at the event, whether I just said, you know, how's your day going? Uh, are you enjoying the meal or whatever? But I just went so overboard that, you know, it, it really was not a disability then. But yeah. before, like I said, I was just limiting myself to going to events. I mean, I, I sometimes would be the last one in so I could sit at the back of the room, you know, kind of like a church. I, you, you know, you just want to go to the back of the room and so nobody sees you. And then it was like, I'm first one out and that was it. So, but it did limit, it did limit me, but I, you know, I, I tried very hard to overcome that. Do you think that it makes you more effective though, as a special education consultant, knowing what you went through? Yes, de definitely. I, I don't, I can't think of, you know, a better thing that would have helped me be the special education consultant I, I, I am, because I can say like, I've been where you are. Let's try these steps. Let's let's go gradually. We're, we're, you know, some people are like, okay, well, you should do this. You should try this. Yeah, but if, if you're not ready to do that, you know, it, it's almost like a, a want and a need. You know, yeah. Do I want to do that or do I need to do that? And when you realize that you need to do it, that makes the difference in a, in a lot of things. So what age range do you think for parents that are watching that have teens, tweens, teens, and adults, what age range is perfect for your book? I think all ranges. I mean, I think it, I think it helps adults, you know, I mean, uh, and I, I think it helps, you know, even just tweens and, you know, and teens, because it's like, okay, well, here's how to start a conversation with your friends. 
here's things to say. You know, here's how to listen. You know, you just don't walk up to your friend in the middle of a, they're in the middle of a conversation and you just don't butt in. You know, you, you wait until there's like an opportunity or if they say something, you kind of respond, you know, you don't go off topic. And, and you know, it's just some really good ideas, I think. Do you happen to have a copy of the book there with you? I'm putting you on the spot because I don't have <laughs> no, one to I'm hold sorry, that. I did That's do okay. that. I, I am sorry. Uh, but I... tell us the title again so that some, sure. I, did, I don't have a visual, but so tell us sure. the title again so we can find it. And it's available and on Amazon, right? It is available on Amazon. It's Stop Being Invisible, Overcoming Stop Communication being... Barriers. Okay. Stop Being Invisible. Um, but then we want to go cycle back to the three-part series and remind sure. people um, that it starts this Friday. Now, what time is it on Friday? It's four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Okay, so four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. For those of us who are on Pacific Coast, that's going to be 1 p.m. 1 p.m., yes. It's, it's just a half an hour. And here's the single most important things, thing, you guys. Register for it. Whether you think you're going to have time or not, register for it so that if you do miss it, because sometimes that's what happens, right? Stuff happens. Right. But if you miss it, then you're going to get an email later on with a code to the recording. Is that correct, Dr. Lane? That, that is correct. That's the way they'll get it. Yes. Okay. So um, so the first one is on Friday. The second one is on Tuesday. Same time? Yes, ma'am. And then the last one will be a week from Friday. Right. Same time. Right. Okay. Friday, and Tuesday, Friday, yes. Do you have to register for each one or do you just register once? I think it's just one registration and it covers you for all three, but um, I'm pretty sure that's the way it is. Yes. Okay. And, um, and, and, and so then make sure that you, and remember you guys, it's free. Like what <laughs> honestly do you have to lose? Um, and so the first one again is going to be um, uh, structuring the setting, yes. which I think a lot of us need help with how we set up the environment um, so that we make sure we're setting them up for success. Uh, the second one is preparing to learn. And the, the third one, which I know is the one that parents are going to be like, oh, but it, I'm going to say, I think it's so critical because it's the step that we forget a lot is checking for understanding that you, because a lot of times you'll, you know, you'll, you'll implement the thing that the teacher said to do, but afterwards you're like, I don't, I don't know. Was that helpful? Was that not helpful? And as a teacher, <laughs> you know, when, you know, we set out to teach something, you have to see, did, did we teach it? And if we don't, we go back and we reteach in a different way. And that's information you can give your teachers, um, but you got to check to see, did they learn it? And if they didn't, then you go back to the teacher and you say to them, they didn't learn it. So make sure that you get all three of these, but checking for understanding. Now, uh, we only have like two minutes left, Dr. Lane, but somebody wrote in a question. They said, Dr. Williams, our school didn't want to change groups for online school services because there's only one month left. They feel that there's too much work to update things, suggestions. We're hearing this about IEPs that the schools are going, you know, the parents are going in for the IEP saying this isn't working and they're going, well, there's just a month left. Let's just leave it alone for now. Do you have any suggestions for that? No, I mean, I, I don't think that that's beneficial to the students. I mean, I, I can't judge the districts, but I, I don't, I don't think that's what was, is going to help the students. And I mean, there might be some ideas that I offer in the workshop that the parents can use to, you know, and that could be a good question for a parent to write in. This is yeah. something on the IEP that my child should be getting. What suggestions do you have of where do I have 
information. And, and that kind of brings me back. If we have a couple seconds, John, yeah. in my, on my website is actually uh, what's called a resource guide, a resource directory. And when you go into my website up in the corner, it'll say resource directory. And there's probably close to 400 articles uh, and it's divided into five parts like news and update, uh, educational websites, uh, applications, and it's updated every day. So if you were to read it today and then two days later, you come back and say, oh, I don't want to read all those again. Down the bottom, it tells you what we've added in the last two days. There you go. So, okay. Well, so again, your website is Dr. So it's D-R William Lane. Lane is L-A-N-E dot com. And so you guys can go there. You can find the resource guide. You can register for this three-part series and um, and potentially uh, even, you know, writing questions uh, and check out. I'm sure you've got your book on the website as well. Yes. Um, so for those of you who feel like your kiddos aren't connecting, um, great book to check out. And tell us again the title. Stop Being Invisible, yeah. Overcoming Communication Barriers. And because none of us wants our kids to be invisible and no, nobody wants to be invisible. Yes. Dr. Lane, thank you so much for being here and for overcoming whatever the, the technology <laughs> challenges were. Uh, we so I don't know what that was, but we, we've made it through. And Shannon, I did, I did get notification that there is only one registration. So when you register, you're enrolled in all three of the uh, right. workshops. So I'm just going to tell people, go and register. And, you know, even if the worst thing happens that you totally forget or you get busy or you have something going on, then you get those links later on. Maybe this isn't the week that you've got time, but I'm telling you with love and with a hug, we're going to be stuck in this distance learning for a little while. And it's going to be worthwhile. If the thing that's worrying you the most is what your child is missing out, then make the most of what you have. And this, uh, you know, Dr. Lane's got some great advice that he's going to give you and he's giving it to you for free. So you really, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what other words to use except free. Uh, <laughs> free <laughs> yeah. information. That's free the big word, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, Dr. Lane, we are totally out of time, but thank you so much for being with us. Good luck uh, with the series. John, I hope you get you lots so of people. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. I uh, just wanted to take a quick second with you guys. Thanks for, I know like we had that wonky moment and uh, what you really want to do is watch me struggle with my computer. I'm like your grandmother where, you know, tongue hanging out going uh, while I'm trying to type. Um, so thanks for for sticking with me through the whole thing because, uh, you know, all, all we want is to be able to help and support you in what you're doing. Uh, I do want to say tomorrow, um, Sally Burton Hoyle is going to be with us and we're going to be talking about those older kids who are getting ready to transition to college. College. Now, for some of you, you might be thinking, um, you know, well, my kiddo is four, so I don't want to tune into that. And I got to tell you from someone who's been there, done that. Uh, I remember at four, I was like, I'm not ready to talk about the college stuff. But I remember being when he was seven, that I was like, I think I, I think that was a mistake. I think I need to start preparing for the college stuff. Has it changed over the years? Yes. Uh, what my idea of where he was going to go to college, has that changed? Yes. Because uh, I wasn't, you know, thinking we were applying to Harvard, but we're applying to Harvard. I don't know that we're going to Harvard, but we're applying. 
forward. Um, but my point is, I think it's better to start talking about it earlier. So please don't feel like, ah, that's a college thing. I'm going to miss that. I have a four-year-old uh, come and be with us. You never know what you're going to find out. All right. We're totally out of time. I, can I just tell you how much I love and adore all of you? And I'm so grateful to be here with you and so honored to be here with you because you guys are doing such a great job and this is hard. And I am amazed at how well that you're doing. Uh, you know, it's nothing's easy yet, right? And I don't know that it's ever going to be easy, but you guys are getting it done. Stand tall, put your shoulders back, be proud. You're doing a great job. I'm going to be back here tomorrow at same time, same bat channel. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.